Welcome to At The Horn, the podcast devoted to the University of Pikeville women's basketball program. I'm your host, Willard Nip, and on this episode, U Pike head coach Cliff Williams and I look back at the Bears' thrilling season-opening win at Olivet Nazarene, look ahead to Wednesday's exhibition against the University of Kentucky Wildcats, and Saturday's home opener against Rio Grande. We introduce a new segment entitled Off the Radar, in which we examine an aspect of the program with which fans may not be familiar, take a look at the team's health, and update the Buckets for Backpacks Challenge. All on this episode of At the Horn. Welcome back to At the Horn. I am joined by Clifton Williams, head coach of the University of Pike Bull women's basketball program. Cliff, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited to, to to begin another week and looking forward to the University of Kentucky on Wednesday. Congratulations, first of all, on a 94-88 victory on the road over Olivet Nazarene. This is a win that will bode well for the program, not just to start 1-0, and but it's a win that could, at the end of the year, be pivotal to the Bears' season. Agreed. You know, strength of schedule matters. We're talking about a ranked team. Uh, with a road win for us to to start the year. And, you know, we just need to take it game to game. And, you know, all of that will take care of itself in the end. But certainly, you know, it goes to show you that every game is important and uh, you got to be prepared and ready to go. Maybe perhaps the most unique approach to a game that you will see in the entire season in terms of the way Mount Olivet Nazarene plays. And you, you mentioned that in last week's broadcast. What what impressed me about it was the decision making at that pace of our girls. I felt like our turnovers were were inbounding the ball more than anything else in the press, and and a couple of them early on were nerves and just starting, you know, fresh first game of the year, first quarter, um, everybody's anxious. And so once we settled into the game and and played balanced and played off two feet. Um, I felt like our decision-making, especially in transition, because uh, we talked about being able to knock down open shots and what that was going to take. And I think our girls executed the game plan when it came to those things uh, really, really well. They hockey sub. Uh, they've got 15-plus players on their bench, and and everybody's getting minutes. There wasn't one player in the first half on their stat sheet that had more than 9, 10 minutes of playing time. When you understand that you're seeing, you know, quote unquote, fresh, fresh bodies every two to three minutes, then, you know, you've our girls were like, whew, here they go again. Right. They didn't understand exactly how fast that game was going to be until we got going. There's no way we can replicate what they do in practice. They're going to press you full court. They're going to trap the first pass and they're going to trap you at every opportunity all the way down the court. And until you at least get a shot up, make a shot or turn it over. It seemed like the, the Bears were really well prepared. There were some turnovers, as you mentioned early, but mm-hmm. they knew what was coming and and they broke that press on a number of occasions to lead for easy baskets. That was it, right? The whole thing was like when we break it and have an opportunity to go score, go score, right? Make them pay the price. Use their strength against them. Their strength was their ability to press and trap and scramble. And we would try to use it against them as much as possible. So so in that case, it's not just let's not be satisfied with getting the ball over half court. Absolutely let's not. Let's attack no. the basket. They win when, when you do that. 
they have they have it has served their purpose because if it can't turn you over, you're starting your offense at 15 to 18 seconds on the shot clock, and at that point, it's going to be really tough to score, right? So we need to be able to knock down the open shots that we're going to get in transition, and then they are they're having to pay the price for for pressing us full court. I also noted that you played 10 players in that first quarter. Our conditioning is not where we want it to be at this point, even though we had a full preseason. You know, there's certain thing called game shape that you have to literally play your way into. Even though we practice fast um, and we go hard, you don't replicate the speed of it in practice. So um, we felt like there was two things. It was their ability to keep fresh bodies on the floor and then knowing where our conditioning level was keep our bodies fresh too because wow the pace of it was like you said it was it was just unbelievable 10 out of 19 from the field 52.6 percent four out of nine from the three-point line something you had mentioned is is wanting to improve upon this year certainly that is up over last year in the first quarter anyway you get seven points from bailey frazier in that opening quarter but you get six points off the bench from katie colopy uh mm-hmm. say mo- about more about her game it's been a process of encouraging her to take the open shots when we create them for her. Um, you know, there's been times in practice where she's she's been standing there or she catches on the three-point line and we've we've attacked the paint and kicked it to her and she passes it. And and I just stay in her ear constantly about it. If you've got an uncontested look, we want you to shoot that ball. Let it go. She took that opportunity in this game to to really let it go and it was she banked the first one in, and then from there, she just caught fire for us. It was it was good to see. It's kind of one of those when you're banking in a three-pointer, you're like, okay, it's my night. We banked two of them in the <laughs> yes. first quarter. It was uh, really something. Sierra got one out of the corner. Yes, uh, a very unusual shot when you bank in a three from the quarter. The style of play, both teams, five turnovers each in the first quarter. Some of that may be opening night jitters. Some of it definitely due to the pace of play and the the approach to defense uh, combination you- of both, right? Like there's a certain way that we know we have to break that press. And when we get away from that, chances are going up that we're going to turn the ball over. So, you know, a little bit undisciplined early jitters early, um, trying to go too fast. It's it's when we have the ball, we're in control. So the press is designed to speed you up and we, we understand that. And so if we allow ourselves to be sped up, then we're playing right into their hands. And then there are some situations where we did that. Opening quarter, filling each other out, 25-22. Bears take the lead at the break. Got to feel good about that first quarter. Then you move into the second quarter, and again, more back and forth, but you, you pretty much held the lead throughout the quarter. And then at the very end of the quarter, at the point where it was 47-45, Bears with the lead, you get six points in the span of 33 seconds to yep. take the lead to eight. And I, I remember thinking at the time, that's big. It is. You know, we talk about finishing quarters all the time and how important it is. Um, you know, we want the momentum going into halftime, especially on the road. And uh, and we send a message to them like, you know, we're here to stay and we're here to play and, and you know, get ready for the third quarter. So we, we certainly finished it off the right way. Haley Free makes a great play. Um right at the very end and hits a hits a mid-range jumper um to push it to eight i believe at the at the half it was uh, abby atkins had hit a basket her only basket of the game to take the lead to four and yeah then... and the, I, I'll, I'll mention something about that too and the possession where abby hits that bucket 
we had multiple offensive rebounds. And the more chances you give yourself, the more opportunities you're going to have um, to, to score, right? So field goal percentage goes up every chance you get. If you're shooting 40% on that first try, it's going to go up to about 48% on that second try and about 60% on that third try. And Abby's was a second offensive rebound in that possession, and she she got to her spot and just drained it. Actually, it was four offensive rebounds in that stretch. Yeah. Uh, uh, there you go. Allie Stone missed a three. Morgan rebounded. Morgan missed a, a shot. Allie Stone rebounded. Allie missed the putback. Morgan rebounded, missed the layup approach. Morgan got another offensive rebound, and then Abby drops the shot. Lead is four. You get to stop, and then 15 seconds left. Sierra comes down, makes a jump shot. The lead is six, and then on the inbounds play, Haley gets the steal, and as you mentioned, hits a mid-range jump shot just before the buzzer. The lead's eight. You got to feel good, eight-point lead on the road against a really good team like Oliver. So you go, you come out into the third quarter. The game has gone well. You're playing a quality opponent on the road. You know they're not done yet. You, Absolutely. You push the lead to 10, 60 to 50, 738 to go after Mary scores off of a fast break. But then they go on a 23 to 7 run over six minutes and 55 seconds and have a six-point lead their biggest lead of the game. Right. So you, you you hit the storm and you're looking around. How do you keep your team settled and not panic when you're hit with a wave like that? You just keep playing. You know, the whole mentality is next play. And there's a ton of time on the clock. We're only in the third quarter. Um, we're in a two-possession game. So we just keep it all in perspective, right? So when you look at that stretch, when you look at the score at the end of the third quarter, we're in a one possession game. And that was the message coming off the court at the end of the third. We've weathered the storm. It's a one possession game. It's winning time. And we're the team that knows how to finish. And so that's where it all started in the fourth quarter. The third quarter things did kind of snowball. Uh, the shooting was the worst for the game. Six out of 17 from the field, eight turnovers. Uh, how much of that is, what they're doing right, how much of that is what we need to clean up? It, some of that was, you know, we're, we're substituting. I've got, there was a couple of times in the game where I gambled and I had three freshmen on the floor against a team that's going to bring as much pressure as we're going to see all year long. So some of that's on me, putting our team, our players in a position where, you know, they weren't in the best position to be successful, right? So, I made an adjustment in our substitution pattern going into the fourth quarter um, and made sure that I didn't put them in a, at a disadvantage, you know, especially our younger players. Um, you know, I, my job is to build their confidence early in the season. Um, so we got away with it early in the first half, but they took advantage of it in the third quarter. So, you know, coaches are learning too all along the way. And um, we made the adjustment, like I said, going to the fourth quarter and then took care of business. Fourth quarter, game kind of goes back and forth. You get off to the a good start, uh, cut the lead down to one on a couple of different occasions, and then take the lead after Sierra hits a fast break layup, 76-75. They actually uh, take the lead back, and then with 255 remaining in the game, you take the lead for good on a layup by Bailey Frazier. Right. 
Bailey right. played one of her, in my personal opinion, one of her best games in a U-Pike uniform Friday night. She did. She's outstanding. Um, so we make that bucket to take a two-point lead, and I call timeout. Right? We still had two timeouts left. So it was just to set the stage and to remind our kids that now we're in a position and we drill this every day in practice. We have a segment in our practice that's called store, score, stop, score. Well, in this situation, it's stop, score, stop. So we scored a bucket. We're getting ready to go on defense. We need one stop. And then when we get the ball back, we need to come down and we need one score. Right. And by that position, you understand what the time is going to be. We're going to be close to two minutes, if not under two minutes. And then we're going to we're going to manage this game and take it home. So this is the conversation. Our kids understand how to finish. And they went out and got it done. There were times last year where one had the impression this is a team that hopes it can win. I watched what I thought was some excellent execution down the stretch and thought this is a team that knows it can win. Not just knows it can win, knows how to win, right? And that those are two different things, right? Like knowing you can't win and believing, but you still got to go out and do it, right? You still got to go out and make those plays. And, you know, we attacked the paint. Like I said, Frazier made a huge bucket going to her left. Um, I think there was a there was an inside pass to Morgan. I mean, maybe Bailey made the assist, yes. right? Yes. Um, that that was a thing. Like it was just it was tough. They made tough plays down the stretch, and you know it wasn't about shooting threes at that point. It was about getting into the paint and getting to the free throw line. Well said, because you, you it's like I don't know if you're looking at the stat sheet, but you're. I'm exactly walking right. around. I'm not looking <laughs> at anything. I'm just going off what we talked about and and how well they responded to to the, you know the game plan. In that fourth quarter, you are 100% correct. Only four attempted three-pointers, one out of four. All of it went 0-7 from the three-point line in the third quarter, or fourth quarter. Yep. But, right. but here's the key. Two key stats jumped off the page at me in looking at the fourth quarter box score. Nine baskets, seven assists. Right. Execution. Well, we had 20 assists for the game, right? Our, our game goal offensively is to have 16 or more every game so you know our ability to move the basketball you know make the extra pass find the open player i mean it's, it's evident in a, in a game like that where it's hectic and it's up and down and there's a lot of pressure you know if you can find the open player and make the extra pass you're going to get clean looks at the basket it's just a matter of making them and the other the thing that jumps off the stat sheet at me is that as opposed to eight turnovers in the third quarter there were two in the fourth. Right. Got to take care of the ball. And, and you know, you got to get stops on the defensive end. And we were able to do both uh, and then come out on top down the stretch. Right. I think they went scoreless in the last minute and 20 or minute 30. Um, and, you know, we just finished. We finished. Excellent performance. Well done. Yep. Yep. Looking at the game as a whole. Uh, the Bears were led in scoring by Sierra Feltner's 24 points. You said last week on the podcast you think she is the most underrated player in the Mid-South Conference. In that game, she knocked down a three-pointer to help her to join the 1,000-point club for the Bears. Thrilled for her and, and reaching that milestone. Um, 
you know, her performance in that game on Friday was just, yeah, she started out, she started out struggling a little bit, right? Had a couple of turnovers. It was just like, you know, but her ability to, to mentally, you know, her mental toughness, it takes mental toughness to just get on to the next play when things aren't going your way. And, and for her to finish up, you know, going four for six from the three and attacking the paint, she finished in every possible way you could think of in that game. And, and then she just steadied her own ship and then led us to victory. 21 points, four rebounds for Mary England. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Like Mary's just, you know, Mary loves to compete and, you know, out of the gate. You know, she, nobody knows, you know, that Mary wasn't 100% in that game. You would never know it, though. Right. And, and so and she was tough. She was Mary. I can't say enough about it. 17 points, 11 rebounds, six assists for Bailey Frazier. Flirted with a, a triple double, just a few more We're, assists short. I, let's. I'm going to save. Let's save. Let's save Mary uh, Bailey to to the end when we're talking about these individual players because we, we'll we'll go from Mary. Let's talk about Morgan here just a little bit. Okay. Um, 12 points, 15 rebounds. You know, both Morgan's coming off surgery this summer, right? She had knee surgery, so. She battled rehab all summer long. Um, nine offensive rebounds. Nine. It's it, it goes unrecognized a lot of the times how much havoc she creates on the glass and how many possessions she wins for us, right? And and she didn't shoot it well from the free throw line, but and she didn't finish like she's capable of doing, you know, in the paint. But I tell you what, the toughness that she brought for us um inside and defending and rebounding was just a difference maker. You mentioned right? offensive rebounding as being a key. 19 Absolutely. to 19 to 12 was the margin there. Right. And yeah, it's plus 7 possessions for us, you know, how many of those do we score on? <laughs> when you when you do when you do the math in a 6-point game, there you go. And then we mentioned Kaylee Colopy who who contributed 12 points off the bench. Freshman first college game, you know, um, <laughs> no fear. She let it go. Uh, played really, really well, you know, and, and Abby Atkins, Abby, you mentioned Abby, Abby scored one bucket, but in going back and watch the tape, Abby might've been our best defensive player on the perimeter. The amount of ball pressure that she had, she was all, always rotating in the right spot. She brought you know, it. Her, her assignment was not scoring. Right. And, and, you know, did a, did a fantastic job for us in 16 minutes. Yes, you could tell. I mean, and and you had mentioned her conditioning level. I, I thought just by watching the game, I thought she is better able to go this year. You could see it. Well, oh, sure. And and you know, and here's the other stat that that jumps off the page. She did. She had zero turnovers in a game that was that hectic. Haley Free, not huge numbers. But six points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals, one block. It's like she checked all the boxes for you. Stuff the stat sheet. Um, you know, when, when you got when you got Frazier and Sierra and Mary, you know, they, they're getting the majority of the shots out there. There's not a whole lot of shots to be had. You know, Katie took got some shots up. You know, so Haley was efficient in. You know, she took a corner three. She missed. That was a really, really good shot. It was uncontested. 
like she's just efficient in what she did. And then her ability to coach what we need on the floor on both sides. I mean, she's constantly talking and, and coaching players up. So great performance by her too. All right. Then you said you wanted to talk about Bailey's Frazier. performance. Right. A steady of performance, like you said, that I've, I haven't seen her perform to this level for 40 minutes, right? Like her ability to handle the ball in the pick and roll, like the little stuff that she did late in that game, um, she finished. She was a difference maker for us um, early on hitting threes, but late in the game, you know, the versatility to her game really stood out. She had a pick and roll situation with Morgan late in the clock. She hits Morgan on the roll, right? Like it was just, it was an outstanding play, a play that she couldn't make her freshman and sophomore years. Um, late in the game, attacking the paint left-handed to finish the assist to Morgan, right? Like these plays that she's making were, you know, these are winning plays. This is what tough, tough teams do down the stretch. And she was making all of them. Um, you look at the numbers, 17 points, 11 rebounds, six assists. She could have easily had 23 points, missed a couple of easy ones inside, right? But her shooting percentage, what did she shoot? 50 plus? Six of 13. Six of 13, just under 50. Her numbers were right where they needed to be um, in, in, in her career averages, right? That's right where she needs to be. And But it was the decision-making, handling the ball against the press, like all the little things that aren't statable yep. she was doing. Yep. Uh, again, very impressive performance. Uh, okay, so not the leading scorer on the team, but that was a conference player of the week caliber game. No question. I mean, she was mentioned in the NAI Hoops Report as one of the top players in the country, top performances in the country. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the Mid-South decides to do with that. But, uh, I mean, you could have picked any one of our players who put up numbers in that game, and, you know, they probably would have been worthy of that with, of that honor but Bailey certainly stood out five players in double figures, 94 points. So the research geek goes back to look most points you scored since last year's opening win over Miami university, Hamilton, a thoroughly outmatched opponent. As I recall the most points in what I would call a competitive game in two years, since you put 94 up in a 94 92 victory over Ryle grant. Right. Another barn burner. That was about three years ago. Yes. Yeah. Outstanding game. So, all right. What, what's your takeaway other than we're one and oh, well, that's it, right? We're one and oh, what, what do we need to learn to carry forward? It's great to learn when you're winning. So everybody's, you know, going to stay locked in and engaged. So winning the opener on the road is big versus a ranked opponent. That's big. What can we learn? to take forward and get ready for the next contest and, and for the coming week. Perfect segue. We're coming to back in just a minute on at the horn to talk about the next two bears games. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back at the horn. Welcome back to At the Horn. Coach Williams and I are going to talk about the Bears' schedule this week. We referenced the game exhibition contest against the University of Kentucky coming up on Wednesday, November the 2nd, 7 p.m. Coach, do you know if that's going to be broadcast on any platform? I don't know. I, have, I haven't looked at it. I imagine um, that they, they will stream that, but I, I'm not sure. Um, 
you know, it is an exhibition. Uh, I do want to mention while we're on here for whoever might be listening and thinking about attending, it's going to be a free of charge event. So there's no pass list. It's show up, first come, first seat, first serve. Everything's general admission. Ah, okay. Very good. That's that's good to know. Yep. So game against Kentucky. Uh, we've talked a lot about that one, but what we've not talked about is this coming contest Saturday, uh, November the 5th, a home game against Rio Grande. Off the, mm-hmm. off the air, we were talking uh, during the break, maybe your best out-of-conference rival. You know, they, they've done a really good job in, in the River States um, winning the league last year. I think their record was 30-3. and three. Um, Been a formidable, you know, they, they've been ranked uh, the last few years, and I believe they're currently number 20 in the preseason poll. So this is another opportunity for us um, to put a notch in our belt uh, in the non-conference uh, and get our first home win. So looking forward to this game and I'm um, excited for the opportunity for our girls to play in front of the home crowd. What will be the key to that game? You know, it's handling the physicality um, and, and the on-ball pressure, uh, taking care of the press. You know, it, it's not going to be as anything like we saw um, at, at, with Olivet, but they're going to try to apply some pressure and speed us up and then uh, attacking the paint. I feel like we can, we can get into the paint and cause them problems. Um, so, you know, it's the game plan is going to be similar, right? But we're going to have more opportunities to execute, you know, our offense in the half court too. So we'll get to see what, what the chess match is going to look like in the half court. So looking forward to that. As you think ahead to then what will follow, you've got, a couple of more out of con- well, one more out of conference game, and that's next week, uh, which is election day, Tuesday, November the eighth, against the University of Charleston at home, and then you go uh, on the road for a conference game against Lindsay. Now we're going to talk more about that later, but but how do you make this transition from playing an out of conference opponent, two out of conference opponents, quality opponents, Olivet and Rio Grande? then two exhibition matches, University of Kentucky and the University of Charleston. And then how do you make that transition then to now we're into conference play? We treat them all like conference games. I don't know any other way to do it. You know, we, we, we understand that it's important for us to handle our business at home and work really, really hard um, with, with the understanding that um, there, there, there might be some times where we need to split something on the road but we're going out to compete to win every night and we treat them all like it's a Mid-South game. Um, exhibition doesn't, none of that matters. Like that's just a title. And we, we have to have a certain standard and mindset because it is hard if you're going to treat them differently, right? Like how, how are we going to treat this game versus this game? Now, no, we, we need to treat it all like it's, it's the top of the Mid-South and, and we need a battle. So that's the mindset. What are you yep. looking for in the game against UK? Well, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to be looking for from them is, is who's going to score the basketball because they lost almost 1,500 points in production from their starting lineup last year and ch- players that transferred out. So, you know, they've got 10 new players on their roster. So they're going to figure some things out too on their end. And you know, I'm looking for our kids to just go out and play tough, play free, execute our stuff. Um, with an opportunity to go play in one of the storied venues, you know, in the United States. 
uh, one flagship program in the state of Kentucky. I want our kids to go out and compete like crazy. Um, you know, you, you never know what can happen. Who, who's, I was talking to Gary Justice yesterday um, uh, at the halftime of the, of the men's game. And he's like, you know, there's always one big upset every year. I was like, yes, there is. Why, why not us? And yesterday, the University of Louisville found that out the hard way in the men's yes, program. Yes, they did. They absolutely did. And, and so, you know, you, you go compete for 40 minutes and see what happens. Is the mentality we're playing with house money? We are. We're playing with a lot of their house money. <laughs> <laughs> and, right? So, and, and but I mean, it is a grant, grant freedom, you know, just let it rip. Right. That's it. It's like, there's no pressure on us. There really isn't, you know, we, it's an opportunity for us to come out and get better and get closer as a team, you know, cause that's our goal every day. We get better, we get closer, right? We're, we're preparing for February and March. Nobody, no championships are going to be won in November. However, we prepare to win championships in November down the road in February and March. Welcome back to At The Horn. In this final segment with Coach Williams, we want to cover just a few topics. This first one we're going to call Off The Radar. This is new for us this year. And each week, we're going to ask Coach Williams about something or someone in this program that people may not be aware of if they just watch the game. So this week, Coach, you mentioned you'd like to highlight Bailey Birchfield. Tell us about Bailey, who she is, and tell us about what she's doing that may be off the radar. Bailey Birchfield is a junior um, in our basketball program. She's a biology major, and she is going to go to optometry school here at U-Pike when, when she graduates. So a couple of things that people would not know about Bailey um, who just watched the basketball games is Bailey was voted the homecoming queen from the university this year um, at our football game here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but, but another thing is, is that Bailey works really, really hard in our tutoring center. Um, she tutors biology students, freshmen, sophomores, anyone who comes down, but in particular, she's also picked up our, our entire men's basketball team that she's working with. So she spends a lot of hours, um, outside of her own study, which you can only imagine as a biology major, um, preparing for optometry school to, to help other students with their, with their studies and make sure that they're on track academically as well. Um, goes way under the radar, you know, especially with the tutoring issue. And, and like I said, many fans wouldn't know that, that she was voted homecoming queen too. So just adds to a lot to our program and speaks to the, the character um, of the kids that we have in our program. Just an outstanding young lady. Bailey is uh, just one example, and and I like this idea that, that throughout the course of the season, we're going to highlight some aspect of this team or some person on this team each week that people may not know about if they're just watching the games on the court. I like this. Off the radar. Great. Mm -hmm. Coach, let's talk about the team's health. Uh, you came through what was a, a physical contest, not in the sense of knocking and banging, though there were some collisions and people flying around, uh, just a really physical contest in terms of exertion. What's the health of the team? Uh, we came out of the game healthy. Uh, you know, we, we've got uh, Julia, uh, Julia Parker had a broken rib, and she had just started working her way back into full team practice in the prep week leading into this game. So we expect her to continue 
um, and, and work her way into the mix here going forward. Um, Sammy Seitz is rehabbing a hamstring and it's a day-to-day thing. And with hamstrings, you just want to make sure um, that we're not going to put her in a position where she's going to re-injure it um, and, and set her back even further. So we're taking our time with that, uh, with her, but she's making progress and, and working her way back too. So um, those are the two, the only two areas injury-wise where otherwise, I mean, you know, we're, we're in pretty good shape right now. And then finally today, we want to talk about Buckets for Backpacks. This is a, a program near and dear to both of our hearts. You donate a dollar for every two or three point basket that the team makes. This one's going to cost you, my friend. Hey, what, 36? 36. Yes, indeed. $36. Well, we we did this more than once last year where we we were in the mid-30s, you know. So it's all good. It's for a great cause. Um, You know, food insecurity is a major problem, not only in this county, but across the country. And and so – um, anything that we can do to support support the kids in, in this Pike County and, and surrounding areas, we, we're going to do it. So uh, excited for that and get going with the with this program again. Uh, one thing I do want to mention outside of Buckets for Backpacks when we talk about fundraising is our game against Rio is a play for K game. K Yao, um, Hall of Fame coach at North Carolina State, uh, who's been raising money for breast cancer and breast cancer awareness for years and years. So um, that, that game against Rio on November the 5th at 4 p.m. is a play for K game. And we are, we are raising money for that one as well. Um, we'll be taking donations probably at the door, but we're promoting that on our social media. So if you follow, uh, you Pike women's basketball on Twitter, on Instagram, you can get the information there as well. And the $36 is the first contribution from Coach Williams this year for Buckets for Backpacks. And we certainly mm-hmm. encourage folks to match the uh, efforts of Coach Wheeler in the play for K game. Yes. For the record, you have a match for this game that you just completed. Dr. Ron and Mary McCoy of Pikeville, Kentucky, are going to match the $36 in the contributions. And you know Dr. McCoy well. Yep, sure do. Well, here we go. We're off to, it off. off to a good start. If you would like more information about buckets for backpacks, contact Pikeville United Methodist Church. Phone number is 606-437-7315. If you would like, you can email the church at office.pumc, which is short for Pikeville United Methodist Church, office.pumc at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate by check, make it payable to Pikeville United Methodist Church. Put buckets for backpacks in the mem- memo line. And mail it to PUMC, P.O. Box 311, Pikeville, Kentucky, 41502. Hey, Coach, good luck against the University of Kentucky and against Rio Grande, and we'll look to talk to you next week. Much appreciated. Can't wait to tip it off on Wednesday Memorial and uh, get our home opener under our belt here on Saturday. So much appreciated. Thank you, Willard. Thank you, my friend. Take care, and until next week, go Bears!